Welcome to Follow the Medical Record, where healthcare experts give insights into the increasing importance of following a patient's medical record through the health ecosystem with compliance, privacy, security, and efficiency front and center. This podcast is brought to you by MRO and hosted by Don Hardwick, Senior Vice President of Client Relations at MRO. Don has been in the health information management industry for over 40 years and has extensive knowledge of how medical records make their way through the healthcare ecosystem. At MRO, Don is responsible for strategic client engagement programs and overall client satisfaction. To hear from all of MRO's industry experts, be sure to visit MROCorp.com for additional content and to sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. Over to you, Don. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another session of Follow the Medical Record. I'm your host, Don Hardwick, and thanks for listening today. I appreciate that. As always, you can learn more about MRO and myself on our website at MROCORP.com. And please take a moment to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter at MROCORP. As my guest today, we have MRO's Chief Interoperability Officer, Anthony Murray. So first of all, Anthony, welcome to the show. Tom, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. Enjoy your company. Uh, can you tell us a little bit before we get started into the topic today, a little bit of your background and your current role uh, with MRO and the direction of your team? Sure. So I've been with MRO for 15 years in a variety of roles. Uh, recently tapped on to help shepherd along our journey into interoperability and building out our clinical clinical data exchange capabilities. So exciting time here. Uh, what really got me here is I've been doing healthcare technology for about 20 years, um, the last 15 of them in release of information and clinical data exchange. And before that, I was in pharmaceuticals and clinical manufacturing. Awesome. Well, it's certainly, you know, a pleasure to have you on the show. I know you've been on the show before and really appreciate you uh, agreeing to come back. So. Interoperability, Anthony, is a buzzword in the industry, and it's where things are going from a high level. Can you explain to our audience the concept of interoperability and and basically how how that intersects with the medical record? Sure. So interoperability, as you said, has been being talked about you know, for a while in our industry. And we're really at an exciting point where we're finally getting past some of the plumbing work. And so when I talk about the plumbing work, if we think about like the definition in healthcare, it's the ability for us to connect different systems, devices, applications, and products to connect and communicate in a coordinated and meaningful way. And if you think about it with minimal effort from the end user, so meaningful way should sound really familiar with the whole concept of meaningful use um, and some of the regulatory actions that have been pushed out there to help promote interoperability 
So the sharing of information in a meaningful way so that systems can communicate in ways that drive um, value into healthcare in the US, which leads to patients getting better care, better control of their own medical information, and being able to drive better decisions around their own healthcare because they have access to and can share easier their information. And what's that done is it's put pressure on the people that have or house or provide software to the healthcare industry to begin standardizing the way certain um, portions of the medical record are kept in order to share out that information in relevant ways without much difficulty and without a whole lot of customization, which has been the reality of our situation up to this point. And while we're not quite where everything is exactly the same, it has gotten a lot easier to share information um, in ways that we really hadn't in the past. So with the direction and use of newer technology or the commitment to newer technology like FHIR, we've really seen a push towards being able to accomplish some of these goals um, that's really been building for the last couple of years. So tell me about fire. Uh, it seems like you've got a lot of disparate systems out in the marketplace where medical documentation is housed. Is fire bringing the solution that we've needed from a technology uh, standpoint, or has there been something else in addition to fire that's helping to move the information from these disparate systems into some kind of common language or common platform that can be easily then disseminated? Yeah. So the nice thing about fire is it's it's really an HL7 standard for exchanging healthcare information electronically. So it's a roadmap for how we can begin to have disparate systems bundle things up, which are called resources. So the basic building block is really resources which describe the exchangeable health data formats and the elements that they contain. And it also provides for standards around the way that we communicate those through application programming interfaces. So we all know about and hear about the term APIs. So this is just a specialized API that allows us to talk system to system without having to do a whole lot of customization. So it is really building on a lot of the other standards that have already been out there and in place and can support a level of granularity that's going to be really effective at targeting the appropriate material, uh, being able to help support data classification and honoring privacy while still being able to accelerate how quickly and effectively we can share information. Well, it sounds like that, to me, a a layman in the industry, it sounds like that that capability is going to accelerate, as you're saying, you know, on the payer side, which has always been 
there's always been a, a, a time delay in the and a barrier, if you will, between the payers and the providers. We provide the service, you know, the patient goes away, patient then uh, re retrieves or asks for information to be sent for follow-up care and so forth. And at the same time, the hospitals, uh, providers need to get paid for the services that they've provided. And there's always been this delay. Is is this link with fire that link that will provide faster turnaround, or is it going to provide just um, better production of that turnaround? So I think fire is a tool that helps us achieve interoperability. Interoperability in and of itself isn't only going to be fire. Um, Fire is helpful, it's useful, and it is a focus right now, which means it's getting a lot of attention. But if we think about that definition again, so it's, it's sharing information in meaningful ways and minimizing the human intervention. And if we think about how MRO approaches that, what we're really talking about is driving efficiency and automation into our release of information workflows. So we have pillars of value that automation can bring to the table. And I think you really touched on one of them. But if we look at them across the five, it's we want to be able to leverage technology in order to drive down costs. So we can improve the efficiency of our workflows by allowing technology to help us assist in um, processing information, exchanging information, and um, replacing human elements where it's feasible with no reduction in the quality standards that we expect from when human beings do the work. We can then also create reliable processes because we can program our technology to be repeatable and accurate beyond what we can do with human beings. And then productivity, we can take the humans off of these lower value tasks like general data entry and move them towards things that are of more value like patient care. <laughs> um, and then we have to have the ability to scale because as we've seen, and certainly our, our provider partners are feeling the pain of it, is the demand for information that they have in and around their patients just continues to grow. Like the seasonality of different types of payer requests, since we we're talking about payers, has really shifted to just a, almost an all-year effort in order to keep up with the pace of audits, um, risk adjustments, not to mention all of the other uh, release of information work that has to come through HIM and be done compliantly. And then what you just hit on was performance. We want to shorten the time it takes from request intake to request delivery. And as you build automation into your workflows in order to gain value of this, you start to trim off the amount of time it takes in order for things to flow through our systems in more automated ways with less human intervention, 
not no human intervention, but less. The human being is going to continue to be a critical part of it because <clears throat> we want to make sure that we're still honoring all of our um, privacy and internal governance that we have around release of information. And we want visibility to what's coming in and what's going out. We just don't want to have to make it as onerous to collect that information and share it. So, yeah, we absolutely can take advantage of this technology to lower the time it takes to get a request in and a request out. And in theory, that drives um, faster recognition of revenue. So this automating kind of walk us through, if you would, Anthony, the the cycle of a request for information that the automation that you're looking to bring to the industry to streamline this process, where that automation comes into play in that cycle and what you see in the future for additional automated functions. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about the life cycle of a request with, within our industry, it typically starts out with an authorization or a request for information from an authorized party. And we have to get those into systems in order to track those requests, have accountings of disclosures, um, put it in front of the person who's actually going to retrieve the medical records in a way that they understand what is or isn't supposed to be um, delivered to satisfy that request. So we want to automate as much of that initial intake as possible. So through our clinical data exchange capabilities, we can have people post to us either through an API, we can consume batches, um, we can have people log into portals of various types in order to get the information to come in and have it flow into our core release of information system. Once we have an order placed in our system, that takes away all of what would normally have been transposed from a piece of paper and somebody keying that information directly into the system. The next piece of it that we want to think about is we have to then do the patient identification portion of it. So we want to make sure that we're looking at the right records for the right person. So we typically will do some queries or lookups or examine the information that was given us and look up that patient in the MR in order to match, you know, the demographics that are required, first name, last name, dates of birth, et cetera. And we can do that now through technology. So we've taken the perspective of being able to use FHIR in order to query the EMRs, in order to perform patient matching exercises at an individual or at a batch scale that allows us to create not just this efficiency in getting information into our system, but also accuracy because we're actually pulling things directly from the system of truth and using that to make good decisions and create additional pathways for efficiencies on. So we gain you know, some security, we gain some efficiency, and we gain some data accuracy by front-loading our workflows with technology. And then you can think about how we're now able to retrieve medical records 
through capabilities like Fire or our Enterprise Connector, where it would normally take a human being, you know, a handful of minutes to go find the patient in the EMR, do the appropriate level of chart, chart selection, and then wait for the output to come down and then, you know, upload it back into our system for additional processing. We can now take advantage of some of the interoperability that's been put in place um, in order to abstract that away from the UI and start to be able to have a system level call that will harvest the appropriate information, pull it directly into our system, and then we can review it for our quality controls. And then to close out the loop of that cycle, instead of printing that out to a piece of paper, burning it to a disk, we can publish it to the appropriate requester through digital mechanisms, whether that's a return fire call, through our clinical data exchange, or whether that's um, through secure SFTP, or whether it's through some other um, arrangement that we have with a requester, we can close out a fully digital cycle. So if you think about some of the capabilities that we're, we're working on right now, we can have um, somebody post a request or a series of requests or a batch of requests directly to us through an API, we would be able to retrieve that medical record in an automated way. We have all of the appropriate controls put in place so that we have confidence that the output is only exactly what we intended and need in order to satisfy the request. And we have checkpoints where we can continue to look at it from a quality perspective before it goes out the door. And then it's returned 100% digitally. So we can be strategic about where we inject people in that adds the most value and allow technology to do a lot of the legwork in order to gain that performance that we want for being able to turn around um, orders for medical records or requests for information as, um, as efficiently and as timely as we can. Where do you see uh, challenges for the future here? You've hit upon a couple of key areas. One is that intake for requests for for information, and uh, and for in in terms of audience understanding, millions of requests per month are asked of healthcare providers. To, you know, to facilitate information going from the provider itself to other entities. So it, by the millions, um, these transactions are occurring. And the cost of those millions of transactions per month, you know, is pretty significant when you're looking at human intervention that it takes today to do this. So you've hit upon a couple of these, and one is the intake of those requests to automate those requests uh, to identify the correct patient, you know, the correct patients. And then you've also touched on the auto extraction piece. The next phases of your involvement and your focus here, is it to expand is it to expand that extraction or is there or is there another use or expansion of that 
function that you're you think the industry is going to start pursuing? So I think there's a lot to unpack there, but some of the challenges, even with where we are from the advancements of technology and um, relied upon software like EHRs have made towards satisfying the regulatory um, edicts that are out there and commitments to um, making improvements to standardization still have a long way to go. Um, not all EMRs are created equal. Um, not all implementations of even the same EMR are exactly the same way. Um, so continuing to figure out how we expand on specific use cases and how do we get as much value out of the use cases that we can are certainly things that we have to focus on. So patient matching is going to continue to be a challenge that all providers and, and, and people dealing with clinical data exchange are going to have to deal with. Um, provider identification is also a challenge. So how do we know where that was seen, who the patient was seen by, and where is the information house that I'm really trying to get access to. Um, and then just general capabilities around where is the information stored, in what resources, and how do we tap into that in order to satisfy the original request, but not over disclose. And those are just challenges that we continue to work on and take refinement and also take um, we call it localization, right? So we have to go into every practice and really assess their EMR, their practices, their protocols, their governance and controls that they want put in place and build that into the technology so that it's being honored as we have less human touches. Anthony, it sounds like quite a challenge actually, but at the end of the day, it should, as you've said, here today, drive down cost, improve accuracy, and then facilitate the the turnaround time for both treatment and payment. So a lot of advantages to what you're challenged with um, in your role with uh, MRO. So a Anthony, any parting comments or thoughts uh, for our listeners? Just that uh, I think you hit on at the very beginning, Don, which is, you know, we're really starting to see that this is starting to build momentum. And there's some great work happening out there um, across a number of different organizations that are and make this a really exciting time where we're starting to see the fruits of these technologies. I referenced the plumbing. It's like we've got this foundational layer now that we can start to build on that is going to become um, how information is really shared as we continue to progress to a more technologically enabled health record and clinical data exchange. So exciting time for our listeners it's an exciting time to be an HIM because we're at the forefront of the information that typically gets shared. We've been doing and specializing in the nuances of release of information and 
everything that goes into it and being and partnering with the technologists that are now putting these pieces in place, we have a, a great ability to influence the direction of how we share information, how we store information, how we classify information in a way that is going to help guide the direction of these exchanges in the future. I just think it's it's a really cool and exciting position to be in right now. Uh, I agree. Uh, it, you know, I I'm sort of um, not on the technology side, uh, but it is exciting because some of the things that have been stumbling blocks for us for years, just the whole manual, laborious methods of supplying information qu- uh, correctly and quickly has always been a challenge, and it is an exciting time. I I agree a hundred percent. So, Anthony, uh, certainly been a pleasure uh, having you on the show, and I believe that this helps to give our audience uh, another aspect of, of the interaction of the medical record as it travels through the healthcare delivery system. So thanks for joining. Don, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. For more insights on a patient's medical record, visit the show's page at MROCORP.com and be sure to explore additional resources and thought leadership on our website. Please check out our program on healthcarenowradio.com and finally be sure to connect with us on Twitter. Till we talk again, I'm your host, Don Hardwick.